Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for one hour of Midday Magic. Jeremy Rutherford's going to be in studio coming up at 1045 because, Jackson, your St. Louis Blues have won five straight games. Hire that pistol, Tim. Nice. And uh, they'll take on the Blue Jackets to wrap up uh, the pre-All-Star break portion of the season tomorrow night. You can hear that on 101 ESPN pregame, 6 p.m. JR joining us in studio at 1045. But the first 45 minutes of this program are reserved for talking it over with the people. 314-399-9646. That's the text line presented to you by their comfort service. And then, Jackson, we have the YouTube channel where uh, Don Hoffman was waiting for you. Don Hoffman wanted to hear your takes. And he was waiting, along with Daddy B. Cooking, Robert De Niro, or Roberto De Niro, I apologize, 69, Bishon about sports, A.J. Brown of the Eagles, and uh, Martin Taylor, along with I Hate Paper Straws, all waiting to talk <laughs> it over. I kind of share that sentiment now that I read the name. They're good for like the first five seconds. Well, but once they get a little very soggy. popular down in Florida. I mean, yeah, they're the, it's the right move, but it is, it's not as good as a plastic well, straw. Well, no, you're going to be sideways with the I Hate Paper Straws. Well, I, I I like the purpose of them. I don't like sometimes... The utilization. Sometimes the execution isn't all there. All right, your thoughts on paper straws, 314-399-9646, or you can just talk it over with uh, the people in the YouTube chat, and they are fine, fine Americans. Jackson, you have a Little Piddles weekend wrap-up? I do indeed, Tim. Okay. Why are you looking... Like, like there's a lion over where Mike Ryder is. So you just kind of peeked out nervously where Mike Ryder is sitting. Perfect segue into my you first question. You a blue shirt? That's right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah a little vintage, Look at that. A little vintage blues gear. Look at that. Yeah. Well, Look I, at this. Look at that. <laughs> I, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I actually own zero pieces of actual blues gear. Oh no. Like real blues gear. Like I have a St. Louis hockey. You go with the red from the mid 90s. Yeah, I like this look. I mean, I don't like the red uniform thing, but in this t-shirt, it works. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 90s yeah. little... You're endearing yourself to the audience. Eh. Eh. This t-shirt could really say anything. I just like you the look You will not be here on Thursday and Friday, by the way. No. You're go- going out to cover the Coyotes. Yes. Yep. Jackson's going to Scottsdale on Thursday yep. and Friday. Yep. Yep. Both uh, covering the Coyotes and getting some... some uh, some boots on the ground for the for the waste management, even though it's a week before. Yeah, but, but you'll be previewing it for us. We're just making sure that the course is in good shape. So that means Marshy Marsh and his playful posse will be in here. That's right. He'll be standing here. Jackson, it's time for the weekend wrap-up. What is Jackson going to lead with? I always am wondering, what is he going to lead with after 48 hours away? Well, you were concerned that I was looking for some sort of lion, maybe a big cat in the uh, somewhere in the studio. But that's because I was looking for Dan Campbell and the Lions. Oh, Segway City. It's transition time. That's right. Dan Campbell, what do you say 
Do you think last night's NFC Championship was an example of Campbell just simply being outcoached or the 49ers finally get right in the second half and the Lions just couldn't handle the onslaught? Do you think this is a one-time magical run for Detroit or do you think Campbell has established a culture and the team can be in the same position next year? Jackson, so many questions and, and, and all of them more wonderful than the next. Thank you. Uh, I have two emotional reactions to yesterday. I'm a little surprised at how down I was when the Lions lost last night. That was tough. Came upstairs from watching the game, and my wife goes, what's wrong? And I go, the Lions lost. And she goes, oh, what did you bet on it? I go, I didn't. They just lost. And she goes, I don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. I'm kind of really upset about it. I'm, I'm really upset about it. Uh, I don't think I've had an emotional response to a game that didn't involve a St. Louis area team or something that I didn't have a financial investment in. I don't know when the last time that's happened, as a matter of fact, but uh, that was the case. And then my other emotional response running parallel is it brought out take Smiths. Yeah, boy, howdy. I mean, it's take time. And... Sometimes take time is time for the dumbs. Often, I would say. And I would actually tell you, if I were placing blame on the Lions losing, it would be on a gentleman who wears number eight. I was about to say. You would agree with this. Well, I, know, I thought I, we were going to have a war. No, no, no. I, well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I thought you would go old Reynolds. Oh, you thought I was going to go there? Wow. Am I that predictable? I'm well, disappointed I, in myself. We just did a little three-hour presentation oh, yeah. a minute ago. Yeah, so one of the few times I talked on that show, right. I, I, I made that observation. It's hard to pick out when uh, right. when was your voice, but I, I, I picked up on it. I, uh, I mean, that, that was what Dan, Reynolds, Dan Campbell, don't call him Dan Reynolds, what <laughs> Dan Campbell did was actually what he had done throughout the season. Right. That's been their modus operandi to go for it on fourth down. Now, you may say he needs to change it up based on the circumstances, and that's fine, but that is what they had done throughout the course of the season. Uh, although, notably so, they didn't do that at the end of the first half, and he did kick a field goal and mm-hmm. then proceeded to uh, go for it on fourth down in the second half. But on two incredibly critical plays, Josh Reynolds has dropped the ball. I mean, this wasn't coverage. This was just drop. And therefore, even though it's kind of like saying the word yips, and as somebody who had the yips, I feel like I can say it. Hmm. Uh, and that mine was uh, the Steve Sachs, Chuck Knobloch disease from second base. Very tough throw, though. It's at least 20 feet. And that was a case of a choke. I can't. I can't help it because I just don't think that happens in a different set of circumstances. And I, I don't I don't say that with joy because I feel badly for him. But if Josh Reynolds makes both of those catches, which I think he makes 95 out of 100 times, Agreed. I think the Lions are playing for the Super Bowl. So the results-oriented conversation that I think is the main contributor for the Dan Campbell Super Bowl costing decisions uh, takes a couple of factors out of the equation. Number one, that's what they had done throughout the course of the season. And number two, uh, they have, unlike Justin Tucker, the Ravens, and Harrison Butker, the Chiefs, a kind of crappy kicker. 
Uh, similar to the Packers fans being aware that the Packers have had a problem at kicker throughout the course of their season. So I'm, I've, I've become a big Dan Campbell fan. I've become a Lions fan. It's absolutely bandwagon. I mean, like if the Lions were any good this year, you think I'd be monitoring the Lions? No, 100% bandwagon, but I'm really down. I'm not, I'm not anti-49ers. I just sure. was pulling for the Lions. And uh, I think the play that where I was watching it, I go, oh, boy. Was the Ayuk ricochet? Yeah, that was. Whew. Once that happened, yeah. and then on the ensuing Lions possession, I believe it was their first play from scrimmage. Gibbs fumbles, 49ers recover, and then it was just like, oh my goodness. If anything, I tip my cap to the Lions for battling back when it looked like they might wind up losing. And I'm sure a lot of people were thinking, holy crap, I have the Lions plus seven and a half, and now I'm going to lose the bet, much less the Lions lose the game. But uh, to me, if I'm going to pick something out and it's being shown right now while Dan Orlowski talks, so for me, like this is an orgy, huh. uh, Josh Reynolds dropping passes. Ugh. Ooh. Ooh. That's what will stick out with me. If I'm a Lions fan this morning, that is going to be very, very difficult to overcome. One of your questions in your series of questions was, uh, what was the final one about the Lions getting back? Yeah, do you think this is like a one-off magical run, or do you think there's a chance? That- I think it's. I think it's more likely to be. It's not certainly, you know, absolute. I think it's more likely to be one-off. It's so tough to do what the Chiefs have done, oh, and yeah. that is go to four out of six Super Bowls in Patrick Mahomes' career, which is incredible. Six out of six AFC Championship games. Six out of six AFC West titles. Uh, and so much of that is health, which then goes back to offensive lines, which Tom Brady had and now the Chiefs have for Mahomes. But uh, the thing that I'll keep an eye on, and I will pay attention to this, is how the Lions play next year. We saw it in St. Louis 22 years ago. The Rams lost to the Patriots, and the expectations were, well, they'll be back. And then they went 0-6 the next year. And a lot of those guys, I don't say a lot, but some of the guys who I talked to said there was a real hangover from what happened in New Orleans nine months earlier, eight months earlier with the, uh, the Patriots and losing that Super Bowl. And when you lose a game of that magnitude where you really blew it, yeah. It's tough to pick yourself up. Plus, you can deal with injuries that can make it difficult and all those other factors that teams deal with. So I just... The offensive line was outstanding. Seven yards a carry against that defense. Super impressive. Fun to see the St. Louis and Jamison Williams have the kind of day he had. Big day. uh, After it looked like he was... I mean, early in the season was being talked about as being a bust. But... I am I am concerned that that will not be looked at as the moment that the Lions had to have to get to the Super Bowl, but rather the chance they had. And holy crap, we blew a twenty-four to seven lead and became the first team ever in a conference championship game to blow a seventeen-point lead. That's what I think will be the case. Yeah, uh, listen, you know the Lions since they've hired Dan Campbell have incrementally got better. Like there's no doubt about it, and you. The proof's in the pudding. They made the NFC Championship this year. But this is obviously a very pivotal offseason, what they do from a front office standpoint, too. Are they going to try to keep this core together? What's going to happen draft-wise? I just think Campbell is so... I think players just love playing for him. Do you him. disagree with what he did? Do you hold him accountable? You, got, I, you kick the field goal in that situation. You kick, which ones? Because there were three. He did not He did kick it at the end of the first half. Did you agree with that? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Okay. He didn't kick it before the Ayuk ricochet. Not that one, the one after that. Think so was, you were fine with the the one where they went for it and Reynolds dropped it? N- yes. Okay. I was fine. The one where they he threw it short of the wide receiver and he had no chance of catching it. 
down three, seven that was minutes. A 48, that was a 48-yarder. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I run the risk. Okay. I, I run the risk. I mean, to get nothing out of that, as opposed to at least trying to get three and tie it up, I would have I would have kicked it. But again, this is what he's done all year. I and mean, we saw it against the uh, Cowboys, that Saturday night game, um, where they had they w- kept going for two when even when they got backed up and they got another chance, another chance. Dan Campbell's going to do what he does, and you can complain about it all day, but there's a reason they're in the NFC Championship right now because guys love playing for Dan Campbell, and part of that is his balls-to-the-wall mentality, and that goes with that. So it's tough to like pick and choose when you like Dan Campbell's crazy strategies or not. Either way, I think the Lions... The problem is the NFC North is getting stronger. Like the Packers are going to come back stronger next year. The Bears are probably coming back stronger next year. Depending on what the Vikings do, they're coming back stronger next year. It's not going to be you know a simple. You know they're going to play those teams eight different. Like there's a lot of opportunities for them to lose. But I think I think the Lions can keep it going. Your thoughts? What would you have done? Who do you blame for that? Three one four three nine 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 six four six Air Comfort Service text line and of course the YouTube chat. Active as the day is long. Come on in and talk it over with 121 of your balloon party friends. Jackson will have more from the Little Piddles Weekend Wrap-Up. Then Jeremy Rutherford joins us in studio. You are listening to Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Munganess, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you. Jackson Burkett with you. We are here until 11 o'clock. Jeremy Rutherford will be with us in studio at 1045. Five straight for the Blues. Tied for the lead in the Western Conference for the wild card spot, Jackson. What? What? Yeah, think about that. Blues Blue Jackets wrap up the pre-All-Star break portion of the schedule tomorrow night. Pre-game, 6 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. You can watch us and gaze into our baby blues on YouTube, 101 ESPN channel, and text into the program, 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line, Air Alliance team sponsor of our studio cameras on YouTube. Jackson Burkett has this weekend wrap-up, and now he has question number two. This is going to be fun. It's fun to watch Jackson work. It is. The Chiefs are heading back to yet another Super Bowl, going through a very formidable opponent in the Baltimore Ravens. I honestly can understand, can't understand how the Chiefs have done it again. As this season rolled to an end, they looked far from a contender. Do you give the credit to the Chiefs' resiliency this year to Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, or our friend Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs' defense? Do you think they can make it happen once again in Vegas in two weeks? Oh, sure. Absolutely. This is a coin flip game. I think so, too. I thought I, I really did feel similarly to the college football playoff that all four of the teams could, could win the Super Bowl, and I... I still feel that way here after the uh, the Ravens and the, and the Lions have been eliminated. I feel like either one of those teams could have won. In the case of the Ravens, um, they also, I'm sure, are going, how in the hell did we do that? But they just played a bad game throughout offensively. Defensively, once the Chiefs got it going, they were able to keep them at 17 points. But offensively, the league MVP uh, had a terrible game take your pick of whatever you would want to focus on. I think the, the play that, for me, from Lamar Jackson would be throwing into triple coverage at the end. It's just how do you do that? And what is Isaiah likely holding up his arm like he's running down the field coverage-free? There wasn't a, there, he's, there wasn't a guy on him. There wasn't two guys. There there three. Like, three. Three gentlemen were on him. It's like prime Ocho Cinco. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, all, I'm always open. Give me the ball. Oh, my goodness. Uh, certainly, Zay Flowers had a rough... Sequence of events. 
uh, with the penalty and the fumble, and uh, and he is being looked at as one of the people to blame in Baltimore. I think the Baltimore Ravens uh, were perhaps the best team in football this year. Now, it sounds insane because they just lost. I think everybody would agree, maybe not, I don't know, that of the four teams, the Ravens played the worst relative to what their mean performance would be. Totally. And uh, and part of that, though, you have to credit the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. You credit Mahomes, who now goes to his fourth Super Bowl. You also have to credit Steve Spagnola, who you made reference to. Yeah, I mean, he's done an Chiefs outstanding defense. job. Because that, that's not what's going to get attention. Understandably, it'll be Mahomes and Kelsey, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't. I'm just saying that the Chiefs' defense. And also Mahomes and the protection of the Kansas City offensive line. Keep in mind, they're doing this without a real wide receiver threat. So here they are, two years of no Tyreek Hill and two years to the Super Bowl. Imagine what it'll be like when they do draft a wide receiver, which I imagine will be inevitable, whether they're AFC champions or two-time defending Super Bowl champions. We haven't seen a team that went to the Super Bowl the year before come back and win the Super Bowl since. One more time, please. Oh, no. Were you distracted by my baby blues? It could be anything. A fly could come in here and distract me. They would be the first team to repeat, the first team who won the Super Bowl the year before, turn to the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl since. So repeat? Yeah. Pats? Yeah, but what year? I mean, that's a safe play. You can just throw that out. And I don't. I, definitely not. Might as well just throw a year out because clearly you don't know. Just get, 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 get a puck on the net. Maybe. Maybe uh, 2011? 2004. 2004. Okay. I would always just throw out. 2011, I think, was the same. No. Either way, they didn't go back to the Super Bowl. Steelers, maybe. Yeah. So, with that said, uh, that's an incredible accomplishment. Also, I think there's a, for for people, you're younger than me, but for people who have been around to see Brady and then see all that came before him, kind of going... Yeah, we won't see anybody do what Brady and the Patriots did for that sustained period of time. And we probably won't. But Patrick Mahomes is in his fourth Super Bowl at the age of 28. Yeah. He's got a lot of time left. Yep. Should. Yeah. Hopefully. Right. Right. From, a, from a health perspective. Because I love, I love when kind of a... I, I liked having the Patriots around. It gave you an appreciation of what they were doing. Even if you didn't like them, then you would pull against them, or you may like them, and then you would pull for them. So you kind of have an Alabama now rising up in the NFL. And also, the 49ers have been doing it. They just haven't been winning it. Yeah, they've, they've been, been really been, good they've been back the for a while themselves. Yeah. I mean, this will be their rematch with the Chiefs, a game that I think a lot of 49ers fans felt like they probably should have won. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago. So with that all said, um, and, uh, I, I would never have said the team that I thought that was surging that would be the sneaker play, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And maybe the Buffalo Bills are still going, God, we could have gotten we were a better matchup to beat the Ravens and then the Chiefs weren't and then the Chiefs beat the Ravens. And maybe it's because they know that Lamar Jackson has problems in the postseason. He's now 2-4 and four in the postseason as the starting quarterback for the Ravens. Uh, he's kind of getting a Dak Prescott-like reputation. And sometimes quarterbacks just get records and they don't necessarily have the blame. But man, he did not have a great performance yesterday. And, uh, and Patrick Mahomes calmly was able to go up against that defense in particular in the first half and move the football. And uh, once they were able to do that, they were able to uh, keep the Ravens off the scoreboard with their with their uh, defensive performance. And, and yes, 
as you made reference to, our old friend, Steve Spagnuolo. Indeed, indeed, Tim. Yeah, the, we talked about the Patriots and the similarities with the Chiefs right now. And to me, yesterday was such an apparent example of it. Because when you think to the Patriots dynasty, and you say, all right, who's the best receiver they have? It's probably Randy Moss, but that was towards the tail end of his career. And then next is probably Julian Edelman, who is a guy who, had he not had Tom Brady and the Patriots, probably isn't as good of a wide receiver. I'm not saying he's not a great wide receiver. He is. But great offenses and great teams like the Chiefs and the Patriots have the ability to make guys who might be league average really, really good. The other similarity is obviously having a world-class tight end in both Gronk and Kelsey. But these teams, they do it with offensive line play, usually really solid defenses, and of course, an all-time quarterback. And we're seeing that right now with the Chiefs. And of course, a great, great head coach. And Belichick and Andy Reid are probably the two best since 2000 to do it. So I think there is a ton of similarities. They have Mahomes on contract for seemingly forever. And if they can keep going with maybe a new wide receiver core, sky's the limit. We might have another Patriots dynasty in our hands. Uh, question number three, Jackson, on this weekend wrap-up. Jeremy Rutherford in studio at 1045. Question number three. Uh, you alluded to it with your last uh take there at the end. Yeah, I like to give takes. Uh, like to tweet them out. For sure. Lamar Jackson had some real issues in the second half against the Chiefs yesterday as the opportunities to change the narrative on his playoff performances seemed plentiful, yet Jackson's playoff record has now dropped to 2-4. and four. Do you think there's a real science behind choking when the lights are the brightest? Do you think Lamar is in that category, and do you anticipate him evolving as his career goes on? Uh, I don't know on the involving, but I certainly think it's possible. But yes, I do think that that's a real thing. And I think sometimes it is attached to a player or a team unfairly. And I think sometimes a player or a team's ability to rise to those occasions can be underestimated. Whereas the Chiefs looked calm yesterday and the 49ers in the second half looked calm You could sense, in particular with the Lions as a team, take your pick, whether it be when Campbell didn't go for the field goal the first time around in the third quarter or or the Ayuk ricochet Mm. that, oh my God. I mean, I'm just like, oh God, should I go live bet the 49ers? Because it's kind of obvious what's going to happen. If anything, tip of the cap to the Lions for, for not losing by a billion when that was going down the the mountain like it was in the second half. Um, But I just, I think that the ability of an athlete to also work his or her mind to handle pressure is one of the most underestimated facets of success that exists in individual or team sports. Because if you have a quarterback who, as the story goes with Joe Montana in the huddle before they drive down the field against the Bengals, hey, look, there's, I think it was John Candy he pointed out in the crowd to convey to his team the cool, or Patrick Mahomes doing what he did yesterday against that defense in that atmosphere. Um, the one that I always use in St. Louis is David Freeze, not just in 2011, but he fought off pitches calmly and in a bat against the Nationals when the Cardinals had another huge comeback in 2012, that NLDS. There are traits, and I don't know how you achieve them. Uh, certainly there's, for golf, they're, they're breathing, seven, four, seven uh, breathing patterns. But in football, you can't go, okay, I'm going to inhale for seven seconds, right. hold it for four, and then exhale for seven seconds. That ain't going to work when you have uh, huge, huge athletes charging at you from every which way. 
But Lamar Jackson, whether it be underthrows, overthrows, or bad decisions, that was on display yesterday. And Josh Reynolds, that was on display yesterday. The thing with Dan Campbell is he did that throughout the course of the year. So I don't view that as a choke. It just was on the grandest of stages for his career. But that behavior was consistent with what he did throughout the course of the year. And obviously it worked throughout the course of the year. Lamar Jackson, that was not the guy we saw who, who will be the MVP. Mm. Uh, and and the same goes for Josh Reynolds, who certainly is not as big of a name as Lamar Jackson. But like I said, the chances of Josh Reynolds dropping passes like that uh, during the regular season, I would say, would be less than 5%. And yet that happened twice. And I think that actually was the game-defining uh, player from yesterday's NFC Championship game. 10.31 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us coming up at 10.45 as we talk about this Blues five-game winning streak. Jackson continues with the weekend wrap-up next on Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN is brought to you by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Burkhardt Alton Toyota. I'm a client there, Jackson. Why don't you become a client? Certainly. I've okay, been fine. there many a time. All right. All right. I'm with you now. I'm starting to believe you. Jeremy Rutherford's going to be in studio in the next segment. Uh, we welcome you to participate in the show. 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line. And then the YouTube chat was very active. And I like seeing that. I like seeing guys like Bourbon Snob talking to Tiny Pee while Droid Effects gives his thoughts. And 144 people in there just talking it over, becoming friends. Friends of the feather? Indeed. How could they not be? Thank you. Uh, let's see. How about this? Apparently, there's a study of Mahomes' heart rate. When he has the ball in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, his heart rate actually goes down. It goes up when he's on the sideline because he can't be in there to do what he does, and it makes him anxious. He's a cold-blooded assassin. That's from the 617. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I figured you I, would. I'm, I'm a guy who wears a whoop. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. I love tracking my data. Look at those hands. I, oh, my God. These are, these are the hands... Of a of a six year old boy. Yeah, they are. It is. It is pretty wild. <laughs> they might be a little small for a six year old boy, actually. Yeah, yeah. But either way, I wear a whoop, and uh, it gives me an idea of when I get a good night's sleep. Beware for the uh, Tim McKernan Show podcast, Jackson. Did you sleep well last night? I slept night? well, yeah. but I have a meeting at 1 o'clock, so you're safe. Oh. But we'll be on at youtube.com slash TMASTL coming up at about 11.10. That's anything goes in there on the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Jackson joins me for questions from the audience. Send yours in and your hate mail, criticism, questions, observations, anything's welcome. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. And it monitors heart rate. 
And so I always will notice if I'm playing for a lot of money or if I've got a lot of money on something, it wouldn't be a lot of money to you. But for me, right, when I'm pay, playing for like $10, you know? Yeah, I mean, come on. I know, but for me, as a meat and potatoes Doesn't even guy, get me out of the bed. Uh, I, I'm, I'm worked up while Mahomes, he's chill. I love things like that. Like yeah. Justin Thomas, when he won the PGA at Southern Hills, he pulled up his whoop stats and saw where his heart rate was. And I'm just like, yeah. I mean, there's guys like in the D flight of the club championship <laughs> that are wetting themselves over a putt on number number two green. You know, it's a it's a different construction. I'd like to put a uh, that kind of monitor on like freeze and see what it was doing right. in 2011. Yeah, you talked about that in the last segment where it's like, it's not something that can be taught. It's something that is like forged out of like there, there's always the talk like who wants the ball at the end of the game yeah. there's and there's a lot of people who will tell you they want the ball at the end of the game but there's a very and I mean very small amount of people who actually want the ball well Brooks Kepka for example I recall you know in a team unifying comment in advance of the Ryder Cup said there are a lot of guys who may say they want to be out there with the Ryder Cup on the line I actually do yeah the Brooks the Brooks Kepka leadership school <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, he is, he's like, I'm going up against Tiger Woods on the back nine at Bell Reeve for the PGA Championship. Fine, don't care. Yeah. That's the, th- the guys like that. I yeah, call right. them killers. I use it in a positive connotation. Jackson, do you have another question? What are we, question four? Is that what it would be? Uh, we are question four, Tim, and it's time to move on to the Blue Note. This Blue Note team is higher than a pistol, and there is no denying it. With the Blues winning five straight, what have you seen over the last two weeks that weren't there during the earlier parts of the season? Also, if you had to bet right now, do you think the Blues get into the playoffs? Ah, Man no, such a to good the question, test. and then I'm flat flipping, I'm flopping. Man to the test. <sighs> I, got, I'm a, I have an obligation. You I have take to. a blood oath. You do. It's b- bigger than the Hippocratic Oath, I would say. I would agree with you. My answer is no. All right. Listen. Three one four three nine nine six four six. But you know what? I want to be wrong. You yeah. know what? I'm rarely wrong unless you want to point out five thousand different instances of me being wrong. But those were my fault. Thank you. Yeah. Finally. Right. Maturity on your part. Right. Look in the mirror. Kate. Thank you. Um here's why. What has changed over the life? The power play, number one. Number two, uh, how about going to Joel Hofer yesterday? How do you do? I know you probably aren't the person to ask that question to, but I'm just asking. Do you not see my t-shirt? I do. I'm locked in. Uh, I got cup fever. But uh, yeah, he gave up three goals, but that save in the third period, sweet mother of mercy. At the same time, the Kings missed some opportunities. Of course, the Blues did on their end as well. But either way, yeah, it's three goals, but it's the saves when they've gotten them. It's also the disparity in the number of shots that they have been facing versus the shots the Blues. I just don't know if what they're doing is something that they're going to be able to continue to do. At the same time, to argue with myself, Please. I think this started when they had the series of opposition right after Christmas with the Stars, the Avalanche, uh, and then the Penguins. Then they beat the Canucks in St. Louis, beat the Canucks here recently, of course, on the road. But I think getting through that stretch successfully and then all those teams from the Eastern Conference coming in, they really should have gotten two points against the Bruins, did get two points against the Rangers. And then they picked themselves up after two, maybe their more disappointing back-to-back performances against the Flyers and Caps, beat the Capitals, and since then they haven't lost. Um, But you know what? Here they are on the verge of the uh, pre-All-Star break portion of the schedule coming to an end tomorrow night against a bad Columbus team. Really hope they can get that one. And if you would have been telling telling me 
telling many Blues fans that they would be in a playoff spot, potentially having the top uh, to- point total for the wild card in the Western Conference as the All-Star break rolls around, I, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, I just right. didn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, also, considering where they were at different times of the season, and that Craig Berube wouldn't be the head coach, and yet they're in that spot. Right. That's another part of it. It's, you know, the big thing was power play and comebacks. And we've seen both here with Drew Bannister. So, again, I don't know if it's sustainable. I hope it is. Uh, it's kind of an outlier. It's kind of the opposite of last year, kind of the opposite of the first portion of this year, but they're getting them. They're winning in overtime. Uh, the Kings are not, and they got them yesterday, and it's super fun to watch, and I hope I'm wrong. But if you ask me to be honest, I'm not just going to go, oh, I'm on the blue station, and therefore I shall say yes. Ah, I can't. I, if you were going to bet me right now, I'll, I'll take... I'll take them not making the playoffs. But I don't want to make the bet because I don't want to be cheering against my money. You follow me? I follow you. All right, Jeremy Rutherford's going to talk it over with us. Coming up in the next segment, this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Jeremy Rutherford's in studio. And Jackson, I know you have a bunch of questions. Yeah. Hit me, Jackson. But before before you get to yeah. along the lines of the theme we've had on the program, kind of an accidental theme, but isn't that really what the whole show is? Mm. An accident. Mm-hmm. A hideous, hideous accident. Right. Um, I had uh, the nonling, Kevin Lorenzis, texted me, and he goes, who would JR say in his career you've seen who also are kind of cold-blooded killers, like take your pick of Patrick Mahomes, Brooks Kepka, I make the reference to David Freeze. Anybody stand? I mean, Bennington might have to go into that category, I would think. I think he's right up there. Yeah, yeah I really do. Like, he suggested Oshi. Yeah, Oshi's a great one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, let's uh, start with Bennington. Yeah. I think he's a good one. Uh, you know, I remember vividly standing at his locker stall when he made the comment, uh, do I look nervous? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy smokes. And then what was it? Not too long after that, he was like, who's Jim Montgomery? <laughs> when they mentioned the Dallas coach at the time so uh, yeah for sure his one liners you know speak to the uh, cold bloodedness but his play also and then uh, Oshi too and you know quick backstory I'll never forget so that was at the Olympics in Sochi right mm-hmm. when he had the, the all the shootout goals and I had to go do a home refinance do you have any people you recommend for home refinance or? I did <laughs> yeah so I uh, I'm getting ready to go do a home refinance and my boss says to me hey you don't have to write anything. Don't cover the Olympics. Don't do anything unless a blues player does something. <laughs> oh, my bad. So I'm watching Soshi, uh, uh, TJ Oshi at the Soshi Olympics. And, and you're think, like, I guess I got to go to work. I guess I got to go cancel my home refi and, and uh, go write this thing. How so. about that? Yeah, that's uh, sick. I'm trying to think of guys yeah, yeah. in blues history that are synonymous. And I'm sure some people will immediately, oh, I'll go into the text inbox. Yeah, let's see what Yadier they say. Molina is a nice play, by the way. I just saw that in the text inbox. For sure. Air Comfort Service uh, text line. Uh, over the course of time, I mean, I think goaltenders get that one way or the other, whether it's you know fair or not. But Bennington, absolutely, because it wasn't just. I mean, you can just isolate Game Seven, the first ten minutes in right. Boston, much less take your pick of other moments. The series against Colorado, where it looked like he might single-handedly put the Blues into the Western Conference Final with his play before the Cadre run. Um, but then there are some goaltenders you think about who in the playoffs you go, oh, God. And I think of a gentleman who wore number one. And I'm not talking about the Wizard. I'm talking about Roman Turek. <laughs> yeah. and it just seemed like the, it might get away from him right. in, the, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it cuts both ways. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I'm trying to come up with some other names here. But, you know, I started covering the Blues in 2005, 06. And honestly, they've had a lot of good players in, in that stretch. But, you know, none that, like, struck fear in you and could just, you know— 
um, find a moment yeah. and put an end to everything. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Bennington, you look at Oshie, and even not so much when he was here, he wasn't that type of player. Alex Petrangelo is another guy who could get the job done, but it wasn't like he struck fear in you. So, mm-hmm. so some good players, but not really that rise to that level. How about what has gone on here? Over the last, oh, I don't know, 11 days, I guess, about uh, 10, 11 days. Yeah, going yeah. back that win against the Caps on Saturday night. Uh, what do you attribute it to? If somebody said, okay, number one reason why the Blues have gone on a five-game streak, what is I think it's belief. I think, and that's you know not very tangible, but I think uh, a couple players mentioned it last night, and I think that once you start to feel like you can win games, something just happens that allows you to make the plays to win the games. And now people have been pointing out the past couple days, and, and I get it, uh, a lot of luck involved a lot of games where maybe you shouldn't have won but you know something happened fell in your favor uh, but listen here's the stance that I'm going to take on this is uh, sure in a couple weeks if they lose a few fall out of playoff contention and you want to look at this situation and say see I told you okay do the I told you so in a couple weeks to me but if, if I'm going to be critical like I've been this season of the play the power play the you know lack of d- this and that then you got to be complimentary when some things are going well for them and I think that's what's happening right now and who's to say that this can't be a little bit contagious and then it starts to build their game a little bit and they're in a better spot in a couple weeks yeah I think uh, what we're seeing here in a variety of different elements talked about the power play and also the goaltending were you surprised that they went with Hofer yesterday uh, or were you expecting that yeah a little bit but I think that you know they've got the plan in place right and they've been following it I think uh, to a T even when and it's we, working yeah, it's, it's making working. these guys go out there with fresh legs and I think it's the biggest thing let's you know when we talk about the the goalie usage let's look back to last year when you know Bennington played 60 games and you know probably wore down there a little bit at the end I know he wants to play that many but they got to do what's best for the team and as long as Hofer can handle it why not bounce back mm-hmm. and forth and so we'll see probably Bennington tomorrow night as you would expect heading into the break and then you got the 10 days off and then you probably hit the reset on the goal plan, but I think they've uh, worked a lot of good wonders with this uh, situation. I'm not saying he is the reason, but the guy wearing the C on his sweater is automatically going to be in the limelight. That's just the nature of the beast, and man, talking right around before that stretch of playing some really difficult opposition around Christmas, you were looking at Shen's statistics and going, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, and here as of late, he has been the guy, and certainly the overtime goals are going to be a focal point, but it's been more than that, and he felt like his game was trending in the right way. Now we're starting to see some of the results. Yeah, I always, when I see situations unfold like this with uh, Braden Shen, obviously he went to 12 games without a point, 17 games without a goal, uh, and I'll get to the recent numbers here in a second, but I remember something that Doug Armstrong said a couple years ago, and you've heard it before, but it's like, look, most guys, whether you look at like an Arenado or a Goldschmidt, uh, a Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, their numbers are going to be there at the end of the season, most likely. It doesn't always happen, but most likely. And so you look at Shen's numbers now, and what's he got 13 goals you're just past the halfway point he could get to 20 and he's a 20 25 goal scorer and he might finish five off that pace that he's had before but you know the numbers are going to be there now people say okay well yeah but he didn't show up for a long stretch and that hurt the team you know he's coming alive now and that's what I wrote about this morning at the athletic so he's got points in nine of his last 10 this isn't a fluky deal he's got three points and 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 you know the last stretch of games so we're going to focus on the overtime winners that's what's making the highlight reels but I think that there's uh, more to it. Tim there's more to it he's playing 
playing well. And the one thing Drew Bannister keeps saying with Shen is the, the better defense is leading to the offense. So they got his game where the defense has pr- improved, and now it's creating some offense. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford in studio. He's with us every Monday here on the program. And uh, what a treat it is for us today where he comes in studio to talk it over with us. And maybe we'll have an opportunity for you to send in your questions at 314-399-9646. I'll like, take a look in the YouTube chat as well. Uh, and and a th- something that I think may fly under the radar, and you listed it as your number one reason here for the Blues surge in this five-game winning streak in a column on The Athletic, uh, which I took a look at this morning before uh, doing TMA, is Colton Preco has gotten a lot of positive attention this year because we're used to so much negative attention. But you also went out of your way to point to his his partner out there and, and the job uh, Nick Letty has done with the Blues and, and what's going on there. So give me some statistics, some idea of what's going on with these Blues defensemen, many of whom have been on the receiving end of criticism. Yeah, sure. I think you just fall into these tracks where you point out the two or three players that are the reason why the Blues are playing well, and uh, Colton Preco gets mentioned a lot, and deservedly so. Look, he played, what, 25-plus minutes in each of those three road games, uh, the two Western Canadian cities in Seattle. And then you look at uh, last night, I think he was 24-10. You know, so he's putting up some offense, but more importantly, he's the guy on the back end who gets that credit for logging the big minutes and shutting down the other team's top guys. But you can't have that conversation, I don't think so, Tim, recently without talking about Nick Letty also. Uh, you know, I give credit to Lou Crack on the stat yesterday. He had it, and then I used it uh, also in my story. Um, Nick Letty, 16 out of 17 games, he's either a plus player or even. He's gone, uh, I think, 17 games now with just being a, a minus player one time. Uh, so that's, that's phenomenal. You know, people uh, don't look at plus minus and don't use it as much these days, but they are that unit, that top pair is is doing a great job against the other team's top line. And we're not talking about guys playing uh, even with Nick Letty, 19, 20 minutes. He's playing 23, 24 yeah. minutes some nights. As far as looking at the Western Conference, it looks like the Central's top three it's just a matter of which one is number one, number two, and number three. That's what it looks like. Who knows? But then when you look at the wild card and you're to break that down, who do you think is going to be battling when it's all said and done and April rolls around. Well, I think you look at those teams right now, and, and we, we don't know where the Blues are going to be at you know, in, in two, three weeks, but I think they're going to be part of that conversation. But you look at that last road trip, Tim, and, and they beat a couple of the teams that are in that mix. So I think, you know, let's say prior to that recent road trip, you're looking at the Calgarys, you're looking at the Seattles. Those are two teams that they just beat. You know, Arizona, after a pretty good start early on, has kind of fallen off a little bit. Yeah. I think, you know, Nashville same thing, kind of falling off a, a little bit. So it, it's really muddied, but those are kind of the two, three, four teams that are going to be in play for those two wild card spots. And, and, and right now, after winning five in a row, the Blues are, are right there. You know, Los Angeles, another team. But, you know, if you get that win in regulation yesterday, the yeah. Blues, you would have leapfrogged LA. Now they're tied with them. So I think that's who they're kind of in that conversation with. Uh, That's Jeremy Rutherford. He is with us every Monday. You can read his column in The Athletic. He's on 101 ESPN and on TMA throughout the course of the week. It's amazing to think, at least I I observe this, that this time last year they had such a bad stretch with a long homestand in January that it became obvious what was going to happen with O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and then eventually Barbashev, and it was a sell. Here, you talk about belief, and I feel like that belief had to have come from the fact that they successfully navigated an incredibly difficult portion of the schedule and then came out the other side of it actually in a better spot than they were when they when they entered it. And now, theoretically, hopefully, 
you get an opportunity to play some of the lesser portion of your schedule and capitalize on it. Do you think that that's contributed to the belief getting through some of the best in the league? Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, when we went into January, I remember writing a story saying, oh gosh, look at the blue schedule in the month of January. And it had all the top teams. I mean, you had the top three teams from the East. You had Vancouver that you're going to play a couple times. And the Blues, after last night's win, 8-3-1. and one. It's a, uh, a points percentage that ranks in the top 10 in the NHL in the month of January. And, and you know, not everybody played the top dogs like mm-hmm. the Blues did. So I think it's even speaks uh, more about what the Blues have been able to do. And last night, Brain Shen said this. He's, you know, and I always believe this. I always believe that it's it's not just one thing that creates it. it it's just kind of a collection of, of ingredients. And and Brain Shen said last night that when you start to play the good structure, and the good structure leads to some numbers for some guys, that's the positive reinforcement. So they feel like, okay, I've, I've, I've done what the team wants me to do. And, oh, look, it's done this for me. Mm-hmm. And then it comes together uh, as, as far as some positive reinforcement. So I think that um, that's what's happened. Guys who weren't putting up points early on in the season, you look at what Shen's done lately, you look at what Buchnevich has done lately, and look at that second line with Saad, neighbors on the wings of, of Shen. They had a big uh, road trip. Um, some of these guys are getting their reward for playing the style that the team wants to play, and I think that just kind of comes together and, and uh, helps you win a few games. Five in a row. They'll try to make it six right here on 101 ESPN tomorrow night against the Blue Jackets. And that's the All-Star break. Jim Rutherford, thank you so much for coming to Jackson. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to get your question. We got next week. We got next week. Next My week favorite part of the segment every week is, uh, I'm sorry, Jackson, we didn't get to. <laughs> JR, thank you so much, sir. Thank you, buddy. There he is. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario up next. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura and Munganas Burkhardt Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.